Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon to you and yours on this holy Thursday, April 6th, the year 2023. With a huge baseball series about to begin in Columbia, South Carolina, and the greatest golf tournament around underway at Augusta, Georgia. And with that, we say good afternoon. Hope you're having a fabulous, fabulous day. Thanks so much for dialing us up as we come to you for the next two hours from two to four with my main man in the producer's chair steering us through James Mesh, right inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Head west on I-10, you'll find KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. They're underway at Augusta. Victor Hovland with the lead through 16. He's at seven under par. Adam Scott, 16 holes played, is at five under, along with Xander Shoffley. Shane Lowry is at four under. Tiger Woods got up to plus three and then made a couple of birdies, so he is at plus one. John Rahm, minus four. Brooks Kepka minus four. Former LSU Tiger Sam Burns is minus four. We'll update you throughout the day. LSU baseball begins tonight its quest to yet again win another SEC series as they are in Columbia, South Carolina today for a big three-game series beginning tonight at 6 p.m. Of course, you'll be able to listen to the ball game right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. South Carolina is ranked as high as number three in the nation by Collegiate Baseball, is number six in the rankings by Baseball America and D1 Baseball. LSU, number one across the board, taking two out of three against Against this bunch at their place would be a huge success. Bill Franquez, the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Bertman Field, the longtime sports information director at LSU for baseball. He'll be on the radio call tonight. Bill will join us from Columbia here in a few minutes to give us uh, his report on the ball game. We know that. Uh, Tonight will be Paul Skeens, who is 5-0 with a .81 ERA in 44 in the third innings picks. He struck out 83 and walked eight. He's been the best player as a pitcher in college baseball. Ty Floyd will get the start on Friday. And then in a surprise move, 
junior right-hander Christian Little will get the closing start on Saturday. Thatcher Hurd had been the Game 3 starter, but he struggled lately. Little got the start on Tuesday against Nichols in a game where Coach Jake Johnson was obviously auditioning players for bigger roles. So Little will become the starter. We'll get an update from Bill Frankes here shortly. Scott Rabelais will join us from The Advocate. It's a yearly tradition for him. He's on the grounds at the Masters. He'll give us a report. Um, how much will weather play a factor? Because it's supposed to be getting colder and uh, rain is on the way. Colder temperatures are on the way. Uh, and we'll see uh, what kind of shot does Sam Burns have in this thing? He comes with a, a lot of momentum on his side. We're going to treat today like we would a Friday in hour number two. We'll take tomorrow off for Good Friday. Uh, but so we'll move our regular litany of guests from Friday to Thursday. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll talk some NFL talk with him. George Faust will join us. All things Acadiana, the sports director at KLFY. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make some predictions, talk about a couple of things here and there, and that'll be really, really Good. You heard uh, in the two-minute drill, Jordan Wright, the Vanderbilt transfer, coming back to uh, Louisiana, coming back to Baton Rouge. He played high school basketball at the Dunham School, which is about a 10-minute oh, drive from LSU at most. And he's coming back. He's a good, good player. He's not going to be a guy that uh, is going to be your leading scorer and carry you that way, but he is a good role player, and uh, and that's pretty good. So, Another spot filled and a lot more to come. Matt McMahon, all the pressure in the world on him after what the women's basketball team has done. Let's just tell it like it is. Major, major improvement will be demanded or else. Neither of the top two picks in the 2019 draft played last night. John Morant of Memphis got the night off with what his team said was hip soreness. Pelicans forward Zion Williamson missed his 43rd consecutive game with that faulty right hamstring. Without Morant, the Grizzlies lit it up early, shot 57% from the field in the first half. But in the second half, the Pengals kind of shook things off, the Pelicans did, and um, got it done. They had a six-point lead with only seconds to go, uh, and they somehow blew that. Give credit and all credit in the world to Memphis for, um, in fact, the six-point lead was 11 seconds left in regulation. Brandon Ingram commits an offensive foul. Jaron Jackson hit a pair of free throws, sent the game into extra time with four-tenths of a second left. And despite coughing up the lead, the Pelicans didn't get flustered. Trey Murphy opened up overtime with two makes from downtown. Those were two of the seven threes that he made. And the Pelicans get the win. They found that much like LSU's women in the national championship game, uh, the Pelicans shot the lights out. They made 21 three-pointers, stormed back from a 19-point deficit to beat Memphis 138-131 in overtime to improve to 41-39. and Most importantly, the win ensured the Pelicans a spot in the Western Conference play-in tournament and that they will finish no lower than ninth in their conference. They've got Friday with the New York Knicks coming to town, and it may all – boy, they want to be the seventh or the eighth seed. 
seventh or eighth seed. They're going to have to beat Minnesota to do that. If they do that, they'll be okay. Trey Murphy scored 30. Um, to everyone's surprise of surprises, Herb Jones made five threes on his way to a career-high 31 points. 31 points. C.J. McCollum had 30. Um, it was terrific. Murphy finished with 24 points, 13 assists. It was uh, it was quite the night for the Pels. And so they're in good position now with two games to go. Um, Williamson last played January 2nd. The team is expected to issue an update about his status today. I'm checking on uh, all my possibilities here, and I have not seen anything yet to mention that. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, Let me see. Some new emails just came across. No, nothing there. Um, Other than that, I mean, you know, we're just still waiting on NFL words, waiting to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. They want to get that thing done before the draft comes about in about a little less than three weeks. Uh, No word on Lamar Jackson in that scenario. Um, So there you go. Quite the parade and the, um, the celebration for the LSU women's team yesterday. They drove around in their convertibles. Fans lined up. They packed inside the PMAC, and it was quite the festive environment. I would imagine they're looking forward to some downtime. Ever since that whirlwind win on Sunday, they've been going and going and going and going. And now maybe things will settle down over the Easter break and they can uh, relax, reflect, and move on. And move on. So we shall see. Um, Again, first up, Bill Franquez, Columbia, South Carolina, LSU baseball taking on South Carolina. Uh, Tigers are six and three overall in league play. Carolina is eight and one. Good matchup. Good matchup. We'll go live to Columbia. After this, our first timeout of the day. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, if you want to see the defending World Series champs in person, you're in luck because the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a pair with our first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers Saturday, April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Book. Your AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. It's uh, right at 16 minutes after the hour, and we begin our show by heading to Columbia, South Carolina, where the best in the West 
LSU goes on the road to take on one of the very best in the East, the South Carolina Gamecocks, who are 27-3 and overall, 8-1 and in the SEC, one game behind Vanderbilt, who's a perfect 9-0. and uh, He is the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field. He is the longtime sports information director in charge of baseball, and he'll be on the analyst side of tonight's radio broadcast, which you can listen to right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. My good friend who I miss dearly, Mr. Bill Frankes. Bill, um, happy good, uh, happy Thursday to you. How are you, man? I'm doing good, Jordy, and I, I, I will share the same sentiments. I miss you as well, but it's great to hear your voice. Well, same here. Uh, I love these Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, particularly with Easter Sunday. You'll be home to celebrate yep. that day with your family. But you're at Founders Park in Columbia, South Carolina. Was was South Carolina expected to be this good before the season started? No, I don't think so, Jordy. I, this is a little bit of a surprise. And I believe it's because there was just a lot of unknowns for South Carolina going into the season. You know, they did not even make the NCAA tournament last year. But to their credit, Mark Kingston, their head coach, uh, did a very uh, strong uh, job in, in attacking the transfer portal. He's got several, uh, what Jay Johnson calls, older players, experienced uh-huh. players uh, who transfer from other schools and who are making a big contribution to uh, South Carolina's fortunes this year. So, yeah, going into the year, they were predicted you know, middle of the pack in the SEC East because they, they were coming off a tough year last year. But, man. Uh, they have been very impressive. Now, the argument could be made that they haven't played the toughest SEC schedule, Jordy. Uh, they opened okay. up by playing uh, Georgia. Uh, then they played Missouri. And then last weekend they played Mississippi State. We know Mississippi State's having a really tough season so far. So uh, that 8-1 record is nothing to, to scoff at. But I don't believe they've played quite the SEC schedule that LSU has. So we'll, we'll see. But it's, they're, they're – 27-3 and 8-1 uh, and one in the league, and they just shut out North Carolina the other night back on Tuesday yeah. uh, here in Columbia. So, yeah, it's going to be a real real challenge. Uh, no matter who you're playing against, um, they swing and they swing big. They lead the nation in home runs yep. with 72. They've got four players with du- double-digit home run totals uh, this year. So, um, I don't uh, – got to be careful. Keep the ball in the park. Yeah. Well, you know, Jordy, I went to, <laughs> I went to practice last night of LSU's, LSU's practice. It's been five years since LSU's played here. I've forgotten how small the dimensions are here. I mean, really? it's it's 380 to center field at Sounders wow. Park, and so you get you kind of get an idea of why South Carolina leads the nation in home runs when you when you see the yeah. dimensions of this ballpark. Gotcha. But they still comparative, do have some very comparative to the box. players who get the ball a long way. And Compare it to every, what Alec Box dimensions uh, are. batting practice, just about every LSU swing was a ball hit over the fence. So I would expect a lot of offense in this series uh, because the, the dimensions are very favorable uh, to home run hitters. Compare their um, dimensions, like you said, 380 to center. What, what's the box? The box is 405. So we okay. got, obviously we're talking about a, a, a 25-feet difference. 25-foot difference in, in center field. It's only 325 down the lines, and the box is about it's similar at 330. But, yeah, it, the ball just really jumps out of the yard. You know, based upon what I saw last night in batting practice, 
I mean, again, virtually every swing seemed to be a, a, a home run ball. Uh, you know, Jared Jones, who we know has hit some Titanic shots this year, he hit one off the top of the scoreboard out in left field, and their scoreboard is, is way up in left field. It's very elevated. And Jones uh, said, yeah, I was trying to hit that scoreboard, and he, he certainly did. But uh, it, it's going to be um, – the, the box is regarded as being uh, one of the more difficult parks to homer in in the SEC, but uh, South Carolina's park is very favorable to the home run. Do you do you worry like when I first heard that I worry like oh gosh everybody's going to be swinging for the fences and that's when you run into trouble you got to just play your yeah. game and take what's given to you I hope not everybody's trying to hit the scoreboard yeah I think you're right I think um, that's been the characteristic of these hitters Jordy the guys like Dylan Cruz and, and Tommy White they all say they're, they're never trying to hit a home run they're they're just trying to hit the ball hard somewhere. Uh-huh. And that, that's, I think that philosophy has certainly helped LSU uh, accumulate what is the best team batting average in the country. LSU leads the nation in batting average at 337. LSU wow. also leads the nation in on-base percentage because not only are the Tigers great hitters, but they also are very patient hitters. They know how to get on base. LSU is among the, the nation's leaders in walks and, of course, in being hit by pitches. So I, I think that patient approach, not being over-anxious, not uh, – being out of control, I think that's a, a big reason why LSU has been so successful offensively. So I don't think they'll be they'll be tempted by the by the okay. short dimensions here in Columbia. Uh, Bill Franquez from Columbia, South Carolina. First pitch tonight, six o'clock here on the game. Um, you've seen a lot of great players. Um, the the year that Paul Skeens is having, eighty three strikeouts as compared to only eight free passes in 44 and a third innings. His ERA is sub one. He's five and oh, I mean, rank him. You've seen them all. Yeah. You know, Jordy, uh, I, I guess the, the, the initial comparison just based upon velocity and uh, upon body type would be to Ben McDonald. And of course, yeah. Ben pitched in a much different era, Jordy, as you remember, Ben pitched in the right. late eighties when it, 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 it was not very often that Ben came out, before the, the, the seventh or eighth inning. Now there's a little more uh, load management, if you will, for pitchers. So, you know, schemes, for the most part, has only thrown six innings per outing. And, and until we got into the SEC, now he's throwing seven innings per outing. But uh, I'd say he's, similar, he's very uh, comparable to Ben in just his approach, uh, his mental capacity, his, uh, the way he prepares, and, of course, the way he, he throws the baseball is just unparalleled. So I would say he definitely ranks. The, the, the two greatest pitchers I've seen at LSU are Ben McDonald and Aaron Nola. And I'd say Paul Skeens is certainly can be in that category, in, in that conversation. Wow. Just didn't realize how big of a dude this was. His thighs yeah. look like oak trees. I, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he's, been, he's been tremendous. Ty Floyd's been tremendous. Uh, Thatcher Hurd has been up and has been down. And because yeah. of that, uh, Christian Little will get the start in Game Three. What what is the, what, what do you notice about Thatcher Hurd? I thought that this is the guy that was going to come in and be your Friday starter based on what he did at UCLA, yeah. but the transition just hasn't worked yet. You're right, Jordy. It's been tough. I, I think it's mostly between the years for Thatcher. I mean, he certainly has the physical ability. I mean, we saw it mm-hmm. last year at UCLA. He put up some very impressive numbers, you know, pitching against some some top flight competition. 
I think maybe he's just not hasn't quite adjusted to the environment of, of pitching in big time SEC stadiums and pitching in, in front of a sold out Alec Box Stadium. I think it's just getting him more acclimated to, to pitching in those situations yeah. is what uh, Coach Wes Johnson and Coach Jay Johnson are working toward right now. Just trying to get him more comfortable in pitching in an environment in which he, he's never seen before. I mean, obviously at UCLA in the Pac-12, uh, he, he didn't uh, perform in front of these types of atmospheres. So I think it's more mostly mental for him. And I think he's, I mean, Jay constantly talks about Thatcher's ability, the fact he can throw four different pitches for strikes, he has all the tools. It's just a matter of channeling it in the right direction. Yeah. Bill Frank is in Columbia, South Carolina. We we know all about Dylan Cruz and what he's done. We know that Tommy White, number one in total RBIs this season yep. at 50. Uh, I'm really impressed with the role that, that Trey Morgan has had. I, I don't know... He's, he's the best first baseman LSU's had in quite some time with his glove, but right. he's given that up to go play in the outfield, and he's really good there, and he's batting very, very well. I mean, yep. where, he's so good at first base. I mean, where, where do you play him? You know, Jordy, that's, that's, a, that's, that's interesting. Interesting question. Um, man, I, th- I had no idea he was that good as an outfielder. I think he's really good. I think he's definitely yeah. – when he's in, the, in left field, I feel more comfortable with him than with any other LSU player wow. that, that that normally plays left field. I think he's our best defensive left fielder. I mean, I mean Cruz naturally is tremendous in center field. Uh, right field, when Paxton clings out there, he's, his speed is unparalleled. But mm-hmm. I think Trey in left field gives LSU another great defensive option and also allows you to play guys like Jerry Jones and Cade Beloso. In fact, tonight I'm thinking – you know, I, I, don't, I haven't seen Jay's lineup yet, but I'm thinking in this Homer-friendly park, South Carolina's throwing a, a, left, a right-handed pitcher. I got to believe Cade Beloso is in the lineup tonight. So, mm. in order to have Cade Beloso and Jared Jones and Trey Morgan in, in the lineup, wow. Trey's got to play left field. Uh, Cade can DH, and Jared Jones can play first base. I think that because of Trey's versatility, it gives you so many other options in your lineup. Yeah. And, and the, the best way for Jay to match up with the opposing pitcher. That's awesome. Uh, keep the bats in and you don't drop anything yep. when it comes to your defensive prowess, which has been basically off the charts as compared to a year yep. ago. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. So. I mean, LSU, I believe now we've been number one in fielding percentage almost all year. I believe now, I think we dropped to number two or three uh, this past week, but still number one in the SEC in fielding percentage. Uh, you know, those guys have played outstanding defense. Jordan Thompson, our shortstop, only has two errors all season. That gives you an idea. Jordan, I think, kind of epitomizes uh, the way the entire team has played defense this year. It's been exceptional. Um, he won series over A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee. They were ranked 11th, 3rd, and ninth overall. Yes. If you're able to win two out of three and win this series. Would this be the most impressive one to date? I think so, yeah, Jordy. I think so, because it would be on the road. It would be yeah. against a very hot South Carolina team. It would be yeah. in front of a, what, 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 we, what will be probably the toughest road environment we've faced this year so far, because yeah. we're expecting sellout crowds. They can pack over 8,000 people into a park that's uh, – you know, it's a great ballpark. It opened the same year, 2009, as Alec Fox Stadium did. So, yeah, I would say this probably would be the most impressive 
series victory if the Tigers are able to do it. Because just because of, of the, the nature of the of the environment, because of the opponent, the way the opponent is playing right now, mm-hmm. I think it, it would mean a lot to, to LSU. By the way, uh, in the most recent RPI rankings released by the NCAA, LSU is number four. So naturally, you know, the schedule the Tigers have played have, have, has really benefited them. And hopefully we'll stay in that in that region, in that vicinity as far as RPI is concerned after this weekend. I don't understand all that stuff. Uh, they're the number one team in the country. They they play in the toughest conference in the country. Um, D1 Baseball came up with their uh, midseason field of uh, the, yeah. their NCAA tournament field. I think seven SEC teams were number one seeds. I mean, it's oh ridiculous. They're not RPI is not one. I I don't get it. I don't care. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. It, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. Um, all right. Well, uh, you just got to go play baseball and uh, and the. You, know, you got to handle the road environment, but I, 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 it seems like this team is even keeled. The one thing I worry about is what you mentioned at the very beginning. Are we going to be swinging for the fences? I don't think that's yeah. going to be the case, but uh, swing they might, and swing they may take them out the yard. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. Uh, you know, South Carolina, their starter tonight, Will Sanders, was uh, going into the year, was projected to be their ace. and He's had some issues. His numbers aren't, aren't very impressive, but uh, South Carolina has a lot of faith in him. He's a guy with a, an immense amount of talent. So I think uh, despite the numbers uh, that he's put up so far, I think Sanders will be a, a challenge in game one tonight. Of course, man, who, who better to have on your side than yeah. Paul Skeens uh, against South yeah. Carolina? So it's, it should be a great matchup. It's amazing. Uh, have fun. Um, be safe up there. Safe travels back. Let's let's get a let's get the first one tonight and go from there. But yep. uh, Bill will be anxious to to hear you on the radio, and we can't thank you enough for your time, buddy. Always fun course, talking. Jordy. All right, buddy. Bill Franquez live from Columbia, South Carolina. We'll take a break. We'll go from the east, a little further west, but still in the eastern time zone. We're heading to Augusta, Georgia. Scott Rabelais at the Masters next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You were brought to each and every day by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't ShopRite at ShopRite, you can't ShopRite at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. They'll clear those ducts. They'll clear that dryer vent. Oh, yes, they will. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back and on a piece of property that had been an indigo plantation in the early 19th century and a plant nursery since 1857. Bobby Jones, along with some help from Clifford Roberts, called this piece of property perfect. And many that love golf call it the perfect golf tournament. The Masters has begun in Augusta, Georgia. And 
you know, they say it's a tradition unlike any other. Well, uh, that is the Masters, and a tradition unlike any other is that Scott Rabelais of The Advocate is going to be there. The greatest gig in his great gigs that he gets to go visit and see and report on, and he's kind enough to join us yet again. Scott, thank you so much. How are you? This is Jordy Holberg bringing the knowledge about uh, the Augusta National Property. How about that? Yeah, that well, I, homework. Do my, I do my homework. So <laughs> the, the the guests are called patrons. What are the report? What are people like you called? Um, uh, uh, unnecessary uh, aggravations and, and uh, unwanted guests. Uh, but but it, actually, no. They they they. Uh, you, you know what? They take very good care of the media here, and it's because. Yeah, everything goes back to Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts, how they wanted things done, how they did it. And Bobby Jones was very good friends with O.B. Keeler, a sports writer with the, in, in Atlanta, who followed him his whole career. And uh, mm-hmm. because of the trees are well, I'm in a building. It looks like Gone with the Wind, the Tara from Gone with the Wind, uh, <laughs> the press building. It's extremely nice. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. So, no, they, they treat us uh, – they treat us very, very well here too, but and better than we deserve. Most people feel we deserve, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I am here. I'm here looking at the scoreboard to my left, uh, out the window, see the practice tee, the uh, TV to the right, checking out the first round of the Masters. Victor Hovland with a seven under in the clubhouse lead. John Rahm started uh, horrifically, but one of the greatest players in the world reversed things around and, and went from plus two. Now he's at minus six through 17. Um, a former winner, Adam Scott's at five under. Um, Bruce Kepka, we haven't seen him in forever in a day because of the live tour. He's at five under. Cam Young. Um, Sam Burns is lurking four, four under. What what when you go to this tournament, are you looking for the local angle first and foremost? And if so, what do you think of Sam Burns? Yeah, going into the tournament, I am. I, I wrote a column about Sam. I mean, you have to. He yeah, he's uh, came in here hot. He is ranked eleventh in the world. I mean, he's not just a local angle. He's someone who is definitely a contender. And uh, I watched him play the first hole. Watched him tee off. He's playing with Rory McIlroy and Tom Kim, the young twenty-year-old pro, and. Uh, Sam birdie the first hold, eagle the second, birdie the third. Got to run as hard as you can. He's still four under par, but uh, yeah, it, once the tournament starts, you're kind of looking for just what's the best story each day, especially mm-hmm. in this first round. So I'm, I'm looking to see you know who might make a good column. Could be could be somebody like John Rahm. Could be somebody like uh, Adam Scott, as you mentioned, who just bogeyed 18 to drop back to four under, but still a very good round. And of course, there's the, the whole live golf angle. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Brooks Kepka is um, one of the more prominent players, and he's the most prominent guy on the leaderboard right now. Yeah. With the 18 golfers, now 17. Uh, Kevin now withdrew with an illness, so 17 live golfers in the field. So uh, Brooks, the, the man who very much only wins mate, only wins majors, uh, put himself in contention here. But he just he just dropped one on 13, drove, drove it left, and uh, you don't want to bogey 13, uh, but. Um, yeah. He uh, he's he's lurking on that leaderboard. A lot of red on the leaderboard today, Jordy. But yeah, uh, I think the, I think they kind of made the course a little easier today because they're expecting such tough conditions the rest of the week. Uh, bad weather is expected. Um, Tiger Woods was at plus three. He made a couple of birdies. He's at plus one. I don't know where he is exactly right now, but that's the old guard. He had two and, over. Uh, he finished two over. Finished a two over. Okay, so uh, that's that's not bad. Um, Phil Mickelson, you don't hear a peep out of him. He's he's awfully quiet these days. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you literally didn't hear a peep out of him. They said uh, uh, they talked to some of the former champions who were, of course, at the Champions Dinner Tuesday night, a very exclusive event. It's just the past winners and the chairman of the club, Fred Ridley, and they said that Phil didn't say a word at the Champions Dinner. He kept very much to himself, and he had a very quiet uh, um, pre-tournament, um, you know, encounters with the media. But he um, playing okay today. He got it to two under. He's one under to twelve right now. So okay. he's uh, he's uh, playing pretty well. You know, fifty-two years old. Uh, you know, you think he's past his prime, but he of course just won the PGA two years ago. Has not played well. Has not done much on the Live Tour. You know, really. Uh, so mm-hmm. far, but uh, you know he knows this place very well, like Tiger Woods. He, he's played many, many, many times here, and uh, experience counts for a lot. I guess the national—that's one thing he has in, in, in his uh, in his favor. How many years is this making a row for you going to Augusta? Not, well, not in a row. Uh, it was, as I've come here. It's my 15th time since 2002. Okay. I missed a few years. I didn't come in 2020. They really cut down the number of credentials they had right. because of the COVID year. That was the, the one in November. So, uh, but uh, most of the last 20 years, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, if there was one hole and only one hole that you could park a chair, sit down, and watch the tournament, what would be your favorite hole? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, it's easy to say one of the holes at Amen Corner, you know, because of 12th. But uh, the 16th is a very exciting hole. It's a very beautiful hole. There's a pond there to the left. Yeah. Uh, there have been more hole in one at 16 than any other. All those three par threes on the course combined. Uh, you got a, side, a hillside that's just full of um, flowers, usually. And like I said, you have the pond there. You have 15 is right there. And 6 is 15 is in front of 16. So number 6 is behind it. So uh, I, might say, I might say, like I said, it's easy to say amen corner, but I might say number 16. I would take. I've never been, but I would take 16 because because uh, of the threat of hole in ones, and they hit it far to the right, and it hits that slope and goes. To, it's just seems like a fun, fun hole. Uh, every year there seems to be a rooting favorite. Of course, Tiger is probably that, but realistically, people are going. Eh. So, is every is like the majority of people hoping, fingers crossed, that Rory McIlroy completes the the Grand Slam and gets a win at Augusta. Uh, certainly, uh, he he is a great story. I mean, he could be just the sixth man to win all four majors in a career. That's uh, you know, the only one to do it. Gene Saracen, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus, and Tiger Woods, and it's a very hard thing to do. Uh, not off to a great start, unfortunately. He just double bogeyed seven to drop to plus two. So uh, mm. I'm sure there's more groans. He's like I said, he's playing with Sam Burns, which shows more groans than cheers in that group, unfortunately for Rory McIlroy. Um, but um, can, can bounce back. I mean, you know, he, he can bounce back. It's his early days here at the Masters. But, yeah, he, he's uh, he's certainly one of the people you're rooting for, especially if you are more pro PGA Tour than, than live golf because he's been, a, he's been a, a face of the PGA Tour players who are saying, no, I'm not going to live golf. I'm going to stay here, and we're going to improve the PGA Tour the way we see fit. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of things can in Rory McIlroy that make him a great story. And generally, this seems like an all-around guy that you've got to, if you're a fan, you've got to want to root for. 
Yeah, uh, Scott uh, Rabelais with us in Augusta, Georgia. I don't know the protocol. Uh, bad weather's supposed to come. Let's say, let's say there's a washout and you don't get to play maybe the third round. Um, what what are the rules? What does Augusta do? Do they carry this thing over to Monday? Do they try and fit it all in and make sure it's done on Sunday? How does that work? The the uh, the the impetus is always to finish on Sunday. Uh, because you have, but you have the tournament the next week. You have have uh, you know things that you're trying to do, and right. you got to go on down the road to, to Hilton Head for the next uh, tournament. There's always another tournament, um, but uh, and they haven't had a Monday finish at the Masters uh, since 1983. So it's okay. something that they they've really you know, and they've had a lot of you know weather issues over the years, but they've always managed to get it in. Uh, they've lost whole days and still got it in. The, the good thing with the Masters is. Most tournaments, like uh, let's say last week at, at uh, San Antonio, 156 player field. Well, this this tournament only had 80, 88 players to start start and uh, right. start the uh, week, and uh, now there's two more. Two guys have withdrawn already, so you can you can more easily put guys in threesomes and then uh, have, have them play off both keys to try to you know, speed things up. And also, you have a course that is technologically well suited to dealing with weather. Every green has something called a sub-air system under it, which is basically a giant vacuum that can, if okay. they get a lot of moisture, they can, they can pull the, the moisture out of it and blows it out of vent near the, near the greens. You, when, when there's when rainy weather, you can hear them out there humming like these underground, these big underground machines that they are. And so, and, uh, if they don't have a lot, if they don't have lightning, Jordy, you know, if, if they don't yeah. have, you know, you know, something that's, you know, a very dangerous weather situation like lightning or hail, I guess, or threat of tornadoes or something like that, they will play in the, in the rain as long as the water's not pooling on the greens and, 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 and to where they can't, uh, can't get a good stance in the fairways or something like that. So they'll continue on through the rain. You know, they, the, you know, the Scots say, Jordy. If there's May wind and May rain, there's May golf. So we may see some of that, some Scottish weather here this weekend at the Masters. <laughs> a little birdie told me that the peach ice cream sandwich is back on property. I don't know if you're aware of that, but that sounds yummy. I am aware of it. I uh, I had had I saw some a friend uh, came for the round yesterday and. Asked me if I want I went out to watch the par three contest with him. I did not partake of that. Now, ask me if I've had a couple of fermento cheese sandwiches. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> those. Uh, but uh, yeah, I might have to have one before the end of the week. But yeah, they're uh, they're really good. But you don't want to, you don't you can't eat one. You can't eat more than one during the week. <laughs> They're very rich, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of rich, John Rahm just birdied 18. He's tied to Hovland. Uh, they're both at seven under 65. Wow. So John Rahm, one of the big three favorites coming to the tournament with Rory McIlroy and with Scotty Scheffler, the defending champion. Um, yeah. He's uh, been a little off the last few weeks, but he is a great talent, and uh, he just put up a great round uh, this afternoon. Oh, uh, the last thing I see is Sam Burns at four under. Is he still there? He is. He's four under, playing the eighth hole right now. So getting ready to uh, make the turn, as they say. Uh, again, he got off to that great start. Birdied one, eagled two. Yeah. Out of eagles on two today. Birdied the third hole, the short par four. All par since then. But uh, Sam has got the game you want, Jordy, for a um, for for a major championship. He's he's long. He puts well. And he has got a, a very even temperament. He doesn't get too high yeah. or too low. John Rahm, great, great player. He's been a little over emotional at times. Sam is not that way. And I, I think I think he's destined to win a major, if not this one, another one, 
uh, at some point uh, in his career, he's, uh, he's that good a player. I'm surprised Kim Mulkey didn't get a credential and is walking around in some crazy outfit because, I mean, my gosh, what a whirlwind that's well, been, if, huh? If you, see, if you see Victor Hovland's shirt, I think Kim Mulkey yes, would say, I like that I shirt. I might have to give me one for, for a game next season. Yes, absolutely. I keep telling Bob Starkey, Bob, you got to go Liberace one day, one game, Liberace it. Oh, Bob, he's a, he's a beauty, isn't he? I, yeah, you know, of all the people involved with that thing, I, I couldn't be happier for Bob Starkey. You know, Me he's too. so happy to be back. He's not from Louisiana; he's from West Virginia. You know, yeah. originally, like so many coaches are for some reason, but uh, he, he he's always felt at home here. You know, coached here for so long under under Dale and under under Sue yeah. Gunter, yeah. and now he's back and and uh, a huge part of them winning that national championship. I think Kim Mulkey relies on him so much for his. His uh, his uh, X's and O's, and, and he really is a, a big part of the success for sure. I, I I posed the question when they all were hired: Who's going to win a national championship first? Brian Kelly, Jake Johnson, Kim Mulkey. I thought Jake Johnson would. Uh, I was wrong. Kim Mulkey did in two years. It's remarkable. Um, Oh, Matt McMahon, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure put on him. But anyway, enough of that. You're at Augusta. Um, uh, you notice I never asked for any swag, never have, never will, um, oh. but I am an extra large. Um, but enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your time there. And uh, do you have a do you have a winner for me? Who's going to win this thing? I, th- I, I thought Scotty Scheffler had a great chance to defend um, coming into the week, and uh, I don't see him on the leaderboard right now, Jordy. Maybe y'all can help me out, but he was like a couple under par, I think. But. Okay. Uh, I thought Scotty Scheffler only, yeah, he's two under par, two seven, so playing okay. Uh, I, I thought uh, it's only been three men to ever repeat as Masters champions: uh, Jack Nicklaus, uh, Nick Faldo, and and Tiger Woods. And so it'd be a pretty rare error if he could do it. But he's playing yeah. great. Yeah, he's number one in the world. He's won twice this year. And of course, got 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 the got the, the green jacket whisperer on the bag, Ted Scott from Lafayette, right? right. He's uh, he's brought home three Masters wins so far. I saw Teddy yesterday. Wow. Can I take up tell a quick Teddy story? Um, saw him yesterday yeah. under the Oak Tree in front of the clubhouse, and he's got the number one. You know, they're, they're, the, the player, the caddy numbers are in what order they, 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 the players register, and there's no rhyme or reason to it except the defending champions number one. I said, Teddy, I see you got that number one back. He said, Yeah, I'd like to keep it one more year. So uh, I think you got a chance <laughs> to do just that. Scott, have fun in Augusta. One thing is always happens is uh, the a- the ageless wonder Freddie Couples always shoots under par in the first round at Augusta. He's at one under in the clubhouse. Uh, he may not make the cut, but for one round he did it. Scott, enjoy. Thank you so much, and happy Easter to you. You too, Gordy, and all your listeners as well. Thank you very much. You got it. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, those world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome Saturday, April 15th. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to help you score tickets to the show. Text GLOBE to 337-283-8100. That's GLOBE. To 337-283-8100. Family four-pack of tickets if you win. So go play. Go register. Go do it. And watch the Globetrotters with their ball-handling skills, their dunks, and their laugh-out-loud antics. 
Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back. A quick wrap-up to our number one again. Victor Hovland, John Rahm, seven under par. Adam Scott, Cameron Young at five under par. Sean Lowry is at four under along with Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, Neiman, Bennett, Burns. Um, Bennett's an amateur, um, I believe. Anyway, um, so we'll update you at that throughout the course of the day. Coming up, hour number two, um, as I said, we're going to treat this Thursday like a Friday. So Larry Holder of The Athletic with all your Saints news, NFL news, George Faust from KLFY with everything under the sun in Acadiana. Cajun's on the road for a weekend series starting tonight. Um, and then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will – be the uh, the anchor leg to the relay, and we'll we'll pontificate about things. Who's going? Who, who's your pick to win the Masters? Um, is LSU going to win their baseball series? Is are the Cajuns going to win theirs? Um, is Angel Reese going to surpass Olivia Dunn as far as NIL money? She's climbing up the charts. Now nah, Olivia Dunn's got a lot. She got a lot. But anyway, we'll see. It's all coming your way. Hour number two of the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the national champion LSU women's basketball team and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two. And away we go on this Thursday, April 6th, the year 2023. The Masters is underway. Victor Hovland, John Rahm atop the leaderboard at 7-under. LSU in Columbia, South Carolina for a really big-time SEC baseball uh, series. The Pels clinch at least a play-in spot. No further than ninth can they go. Can they get past the Lakers? Can they get to seven? Can they get to six? They've got two games left to go on that. And the Saints are a strong candidate to be the subject of this year's hard knocks. With that in mind, the Athletics, Larry Holder, on a Thursday instead of a Friday, because we are off tomorrow, kind enough to join us. Um, happy early Easter, Mr. Holder. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Jordy. Uh, you too. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it's, it's. I feel like this year's 
you know, you always say it feels like it's flying by, but it, to me, it feels like it's flying by <laughs> already. <laughs> it really does. Would uh, would would it bother you if the Saints were, um, you know, hard knocks? It was always like, oh, it's like the kiss of death, and then all of a sudden, there come the Detroit Lions. They were fun, and they had a pretty darn good year. Uh, the Saints fit the category. They've never been on it. So, what do you think? I would certainly like it just to see how the, the organization reacts to them being on it because they have not been qualified to even do the show for many, many years just because of being in postseason. And uh, I think also that maybe production was not wanting to uh, take on the wrath of Sean Payton. So I think that might have been part of it too. But I, I feel like that uh, that – maybe this might be their time. I don't have any insight as uh, to where they are in terms of like being a favorite for it, but they're, right. uh, they're, they're about as ripe as ever to be on the show. And I think that, uh, like, I, I think they've got some interesting storylines and it, I think it would just be different and maybe people would tune in. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, I'm it's always, uh, it's you know, always wild. Yeah. With, with, with hard knocks, whatever gets put on there and what doesn't get put on there. You know what they say, any kind of publicity is good publicity, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Publicity is publicity, so um, we we should see. Um, the NFL draft right around the corner. Um, if you've got a big-time defensive tackle still on the board or you have presumably the best running back on the board in B. John Robinson of Texas, where does Larry Holder go? Uh, well, I would go B. John Robinson just because I think he would be, at that point, by far the uh, the, the best player available. Now, okay. if he's off the board, uh, then I think it makes life easier. But, yeah, I, I just think when the Saints are in, in such a spot, do they have needs? There's no doubt. I think you could look at uh, either defensive tackle or defensive end, and they could they could certainly use uh, some some players and some impact players there. But also, it just depends on where the players fly off the board. And so, uh, right. you know, I, I would not expect Dijon Robinson to be there. Uh, so, uh, if he is, I think that's that's the conversation that you have to have. And I think even if you remember a couple of years ago, look, the Saints were really high on Jonathan Taylor. And it didn't seem like that was a need at that point uh, when he was drafted. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you look at kind of the hierarchy. Uh, if, if say, if you got someone like Robinson, I mean, like I said, not that I'm saying that it's an, an immediate need, but if you do get someone like him, you're probably looking at what you do next with Alvin Kamara, say, say after this season. So that's right. Depending on what happens there, I mean, it's it's basically the same situation as when the Saints drafted Ryan Ramchek best player available. You certainly had a starter that you felt real good about with Zach Streep. Then Streep gets hurt and he calls it a day and doesn't play football again. So when you're looking at Robinson and something like that, uh, you you are definitely looking for him to be your guy moving ahead. And of course, the guy standing primarily in that way who has a big price tag, you probably want to get him off the books would be Alvin Kamara. I'm with you. Uh, Larry Holder, the athletic. What do you think of the guy right there in the backyard at Tulane, Tajay Spears? Nobody could seem to tackle him. USC certainly couldn't. What do you think of him, and what what round do you think a player of his stature goes? Like, 
I think I saw we see it's a kind of a popular pick, even just with Saints mocks that he goes to them with, with their third round pick. But I think Tajay Spears will be, will be a second round guy. Uh, like I could tell you just from knowing Willie Fritz as long as I have, I remember mm-hmm. uh, doing kind of a state of the two lane program right when Spears got there, true freshman, and they were touting him to be a, a, an exceptional player and one of the best players that they've ever had. And lo and behold, they were right. And so I think he can he can really do it all. I know he's a little smaller, probably might give some NFL folks a little bit of leeway just to say, all right, let's make him a number one back. But how many real number one type backs are in the league anymore? There's really only a handful. And you right. try to do 1A and 1B. And I think Spears, though, is perfectly capable of, uh, of being like a 1B guy, maybe even a 1A. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I think he's someone that teams have really been really impressed with him throughout the offseason. Of course, the tape, especially this year, really speaks for itself. And so I, I, I see him being a round two guy. Uh, so if you're the Saints, do you love him at 40? I don't know if you love him at 40, but I think he'll be, he'll be off the board by, by the time round three starts. Larry Holder with us, uh, David Anyamata, Shai Tuttle, Marcus Davenport, all gone. They brought in some defensive tackles to fill the voids left by Anyamata and Tuttle. I've always been I, – I, I wish the Saints had one of those pass-rushing specialists that would get in there. And I, I know Lawrence Taylor is a one of one of a, a kind, uh, but there's some really good ones out there. I, I just wish the Saints would have a, a, a defensive end that would affect the quarterback in a big-time way. Um, that's who I would pick in the first round if, if I had my choice. Uh, what do you think of that position? Yeah, I think there are some options there, but I feel like some of them, they might not necessarily fit to being a 4-3 end. Uh, they might be more of a 3-4 uh, outside linebacker. I know it's sometimes it's just semantics, but, I mean, the way that the Saints play with four defensive linemen, you kind of need a bigger guy. I mean, that's why yeah. through the years, I mean, you've had Cam Jordan and like Marcus Davenport was a bigger guy and, Trey Hendrickson was a bigger guy. And so you're almost looking at someone's got to be like 260 pounds to be on the outside. And I don't know if there's a guy around 27 that you totally love, but maybe uh, I'm, I don't want to drive people off the road or have someone smash the radio, but what if somebody's there and you trade up and go get a defensive end? It's almost like, it's almost like people do not want to hear that at all, given the way the Marcus Davenport, trade uh, turned out and now he he's no longer on a team and uh, didn't it didn't go uh, as fruitful as they thought uh, but they had the assets to do it and also I still think that even if they don't get one in round one say you wait out the draft and there's still I'll name at least two veterans that I still wouldn't have mind having on on my football team that can rush the passer and that's uh, uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Leonard Floyd. I mean, both of those guys are double-digit uh, pass rush sack type of guys, and they've been they've been in the league for a while. And Gakwe seems to play for a different team every year, which I find strange. But he's still both of those guys have still been very productive. So uh, maybe if they can't get things right there, maybe they look to to one of those two guys, and you don't spend as much. And if you wait it out, you don't lose the uh, you don't lose out on a compensatory pick. We see so many LSU players that 
or good players, but they get to the league and all of a sudden they're like, wow, like Daniel Hunter at, at Minnesota. My gosh, I never expected that. So maybe, maybe a BJ Ojolari becomes that next type of player. Yeah, I like Ojolari. I, I just don't know if he fits the Saints. Like if the Saints played a different scheme, I think he's an extremely polished pass rusher. Uh, but is he, say, big enough to be, an every, like, like, say, a not everybody's an every-down guy, but, you know, uh, more than just a rotational player as a 4-3 end. I think that would be someone that the Saints have to at least investigate on. But, no, I think he can certainly come in and be effective. Uh, so, yeah, it's – I actually – we did a we did a, a mock draft we, with all of our writers, and I was on the Saints pick. And yeah. the first uh, our first one, I actually went with Ojolara just because I, I like – it felt like it was a position of need. He's maybe not as big, as like I said, as the Saints might like, but he fits a need, rush the passer. Yes. He's been productive in college. You know, he's not. He's never been a knucklehead. You know, he's, you know, he's got you know, right. a good head on his shoulders. And I think he would fit the bill. If he was only a couple pounds heavier, maybe I'd feel a little better about it. At least in oh, terms of the with Saints. That. Can he play? Can he affect the quarterback? You need players like that. I I hate this. Well, we're the Saints. We have to be six six and three hundred pounds uh, to play defense. Man, if the guy can play, go get him and tell him there's the quarterback. Go affect him. That's my thought. Well, I feel like the one example I can think of off the top of my head that they tried to kind of put a a round peg in a square hole and it didn't work would be someone like Zach Bond. Like Zach Bond, uh, remember third round pick from a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, he was a very effective rushing the passer in college, but he was playing in a three-four, and the Saints they did not want to use him that way. They tried to make him more of a traditional linebacker, didn't work, and they felt like he was too small to play the end. And we've never seen any real production from him. So I think that's yeah. that's kind of the cautionary tale in their end. But yeah, gotcha. like they're they're very stuck and stringent to their. They're prototypes, and you know I, I I don't see them straying. So you know I get where you're coming from because I, I kind of feel the same way. But I've just not seen them seen it work out when they try to venture off from any prototypes, and they don't often venture venture out from their prototypes. So that's part of a probably your frustration and some other fans' frustrations as well. Has the Saints' approach changed from Sean Payton leaving and now Dennis Allen being, or is it the same approach? Like I'm not there every day like I used to be, uh, just because my my job has changed. But just from right. more of the outside looking in, it seems like the approach has stayed the same. Uh, okay. Because you basically have the same talent evaluators and the same, uh, you know, it's not not like Dennis wasn't around for a lot of the Peyton era, especially later. Jeff Ireland, head of college scouting, right. Mickey Loomis, you name it, a lot of scouts. So it's it's really kind of maintained uh, the same route and being aggressive in the draft. I mean, you know, that's mean. They've maintained that as well. So, you know, I don't think it's changed uh, even with Sean Payton uh, out the door. I think it's been basically the same. You know, I've got to I've got to throw something in besides football. I happened to watch um, Agassi Roddick versus McEnroe Chang pickleball. I loved it. Looks so much fun. When is Larry Holder going to pick up? Heaven forbid, a pickleball paddle. You know, uh, that gets because obviously I still play a lot of tennis. Um, that that definitely gets talked about. Uh, I, I know you know New Orleans City Park turned their center court into yeah. four pickleball courts, and I know they're 
another place, a pickleball place that's going to be uh, picked up. But I feel like New Orleans is kind of late in the game. I know North Shore's got some yes. stuff. I know Lafayette. I know we, we have talked about it. That uh, yeah. I, I've seen it a lot in Lafayette. Uh, it's going on out there. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't feel like I'm ready to do it, even though I probably could. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, you know, I almost feel like pickleball might mess up my tennis game. But guess what? I don't know if my tennis game is getting any better. So maybe I ought to pick up pickleball. <laughs> When you get to a certain age and your knees are shot, thank God for pickleball. That's all I'm going to say. Larry Holder, happy uh, Easter to you and your beautiful family. Uh, Enjoy it, and thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. All right, Jordy, you too. Take care, buddy. Take care, man. Larry Holder of The Athletic will take a quick time out. All things Acadiana, including a basketball star. Guess who she committed to you today? How about the Fighting Tigers of LSU? We'll talk about that and more next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Text RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's RODEO to 337-283-8100. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 22nd and 23rd. You can see all the excitement, bull riding, wild horse racing, and I even know now what convict poker is. So text RODEO to 337-283-8100 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, how are you on this uh thursday my friend thanks for joining us yeah absolutely i'm uh, i'm doing great doing great just uh trying to get through get through get through the holy week and then get to spring break right <laughs> yeah the last day of school for the kids how excited are they oh you know what they got out at 11 30 today and they were like nice. Matt, don't be late don't be late nice. i was like all right i won't be late <laughs> They're excited. I wonder how excited Lafayette Christian Junior point guard Jada Richard is after she committed to LSU today. Four days after the Tigers won the national championship and a month after she won a state title of her own. Yeah, look, she's a, she's definitely a superstar in the making. She has the uh, the uh, the grit and the attitude to play. At the next level, I mean, she's by far, when she stepped on the court, uh, she was the best player on the court, perhaps all, at every game this year. In fact, this is how good she is. They played down in the tournament LCA did in uh, New Orleans, uh, yeah. and they lost in the championship, but she won the tournament's most outstanding player. So uh, that's how good she is. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Good for her, right? And, and and Kim Mulkey's doing what uh, what people say you need to do. You get the best player from inside the state of Louisiana, and you go from there. So so that's terrific. Um, going outside the state are the Cajuns. They're going to Go Mart Ballpark in Charleston, West Virginia, for a three game set with the the Thundering Herd of Marshall. And right now, as I look at the schedule, the they're six and three in conference play. 20 and nine overall on a three game win streak. So, oh, Matt Degg seems to have got them going in the right direction. You know, it's funny is, is they got the win on what is it, Tuesday night uh, uh-huh. against Tulane and they won again. They won that game, but they gave away six runs in the top of the ninth. And coach, coach Deggs was not happy with oh, the way yeah. they finished that game. And so, uh, I guess, you know, as good coaches do, they always find something to kind of motivate their team and kind of get them to, uh, to the next, the next step, the next level. And he, he was not happy with that. So I'm sure that these guys, they're ready to get back on the field and prove that uh, they're better than, uh, than an eight, seven win over Tulane, a Tulane club that's really struggling this year, but. Yeah. Uh, that has some scrappy players, and that's the way Coach Deggs put it. But yeah, definitely uh, the Cajuns have things in the right direction. They, they've got a few injuries. Uh, the barge, uh, you know, that, that, that injury is really playing a little havoc with them because their their ki- kind of chemistry's off. But John Taylor's coming in and playing well. So you have you have a team that's that's uh, banged up, but they have so much talent on the team that they they seem like they don't have to miss a beat they, they can keep on plugging away and getting w's and uh and keep on climbing to the top of the sunbelt conference which says a lot because that conference yeah. is pretty tight very very good on the softball side of things fresh off a seven zip win over mcneese in lake charles uh the cajuns play a doubleheader saturday at yvette gerard field at lansom park against south alabama a two o'clock and then a four thirty, and then they play on easter sunday with a 230 first pick here's another club they're 27 and 10 overall but man that that pre-conference schedule they play a lot of good teams most importantly they're eight and one in conference conference play and they're on a three game win streak nine and two at home this year. So um, just, it's yeah. like, it's like um, death taxes and UL softball is always going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can really go with that. There's no doubt about it. They, the, the, the fun thing about watching the softball team is kind of the same thing that's exciting about watching the baseball team. And that's, it, it, there's talent up and down the lineup. And, and Coach Glasgow told us earlier this year, you know, look, you know, it's going to be challenging for me to figure out who, who to put on the, on the field because we can all, they can all do the jobs. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to kind of, they're going to have to rely. Look, South, the South Al's a team that, 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 that the Cajuns have battled back and forth with uh, in this in this league. So uh, and, and so we'll see what happens. Obviously, the pitching has to be on point, uh, and that that's what happened against McNeese. They were able to kind of dominate, and and I don't think McNeese really had a chance against against the the the, the more talented pitchers for the Cajuns. And and they just we'll see if they. I think the dominance for the Cajuns will continue. In the conference, I think they're gonna they're gonna do well the rest of the year here, and uh, and we'll just they'll just take us along for the ride. 
quietly sneaking up. It's the Vermilion and White spring game tonight. Yeah. They had to what? move it to uh, to the indoor facility, so it's unfortunately it's it's not going to be open to the public. But uh, uh, we'll be we'll be out there uh, kind of documenting what's going on, and and yeah, they they it's and coach Coach Dez, he's he's excited about the, the the situation with the squad, the way they they handled the spring. Um, the really interesting part of the spring uh, practices was. Look, uh, uh, Zeon uh, Chris was the guy all spring. And the reason that was is because, obviously, Ben Woolridge and, and Chandler Fields both were, were battling some injuries. And and, De- and, De- and Coach Dez said, you know, look, you got to look at the positive. And the positive is that a freshman got to take all the reps in spring practice, and he's learning more and more about how to read protections and where, where to send a guy on a certain play and things mm-hmm. like that, that he can con- continue to get better and, and, and challenge the, uh, the other two guys who have had more of the game time experience. And so that's, that's what uh, I think what, the interesting thing uh, in the spring game is going to be watching how he gets to take all the reps and make, he's going to play both ways. So he'll be on both teams, I guess. And, 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 uh, and, just get that experience and, and kind of a, that's a unique situation. I don't, I don't think that happens too many times. So and we'll see, we'll see how he put his arm in the, in the ice water uh, tub uh, because yeah, I'm sure he's worn out from all the, <laughs> all the reps he's gotten. My goodness gracious indoors because of threat of weather. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, apparently the severe weather. There's a severe weather warning or watch no. or something uh, right now up until uh, well, the rest of the night, actually. So uh, I think they're just being precautious. Rumor has it that that George Faust, at one point in time in his life, dressed up in a rabbit costume to surprise his kids on Easter. Is that true? That is not true. Oh. <laughs> that is not true. Uh, that, that whoever told you that was wrong. Golly. <laughs> I, man, I, my sources. I, I, I tell I, you, I got to get new sources, man. <laughs> I have never, I have never dressed up like the the kid in Christmas Story. That has never. Happened. You'd be good at it. You'd, you'd be good. Uh, I, I, I'll stick to I'll stick to sports and uh, and we'll go from okay. there. <laughs> okay. All right. I got you. Um, well, look. Happy, happy, happy Easter to you and your family. Um, enjoy some. I hope you get some time off and enjoy it and relax and. Uh, and we'll look forward to all the, the word on the Vermilion and White game. And then, of course, baseball out of town, softball in town. And congratulations to Jada Richard. That's you're going to. Uh, here's the next question I have. I always put it uh-huh. out there. Who's going to win the first national championship? Is it going to be yeah. Brian Kelly? Is it going to be Jake Johnson? Is it going to be Kim Mulkey? Is it going to be Matt McMahon? I guess the question is, is Kim Mulkey going to win the next one, too, before the others do? I think I think LSU baseball is next on deck. I really do. Just okay. The way they they're dominating, uh, it, it, it's uh, that 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 team is. It's like watching the mid '90s baseball, man. Yeah, the way they, they got the some way sluggers, they man. That ball. So yeah. Hey, before I go, Jordy, before I go, real quick, I'm gonna on this week on Inside Cajun Nation Sundays at 10:35. I'm gonna have Dr. Brian Maggard in in studio. We're chatting uh, all things Cajuns uh, about the program, but the 
RCAF, how to how to how to generate money and all that good stuff. And plus about Bob Marlin and his extension and all that right. good stuff is uh is going to be on uh, Sunday night at ten thirty-five on Channel Ten. Ask him. Ask him how much uh, he ponied up to keep Bob around for a while and how many more years. That would be trick. I, that's must-see TV, man. George, you're always you a go. great sport. Thanks for coming on Fridays with Faust on a Thursday. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Anytime, Jordy. Anytime. You're the best. George Faust, Sports Director, KLFY. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will pontificate next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you by ShopRite. Tobacco Plus discount outlets. You can't shop right at ShopRite. You just can't shop right at all. Buy ducks cleaning America's air from the inside out. Get that dryer vent cleaned out. Save you some money. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat Reduction by the Louisiana Lottery. So many games where well, you can't win until you actually start playing them by DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. Ah, uh, to yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back, kiddos. 37 minutes after the hour, continue our our, uh, Friday on a Thursday theme. We welcome in, alongside James Mesh, who's in the EVCO Development Studios, my good friend, Mr. George Becknell. George, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, brother. Happy Happy early birthday to you. Happy uh, Easter. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Oof, scary thought there. Um, (laughs) Let's get started. How about uh, the Pels with a... Man, 19 down, then they're up six with 11 seconds to go. They give it away. They go to overtime. They win a huge win over Memphis, and they're in the play-in. How about the Pels? Man, look, the Pels are something else, Jordan. Every time I'm ready to count them out, they they shut me up right quick. And I'm looking at these standings, Jordan. They got two games to go. Yeah. They could possibly play themselves out of the play-in and maybe fall to one of these fifth or sixth seeds because they're only a game behind the Clippers and Golden State. Yeah. So these dudes are putting themselves in a prime position. The, the but problem, it, 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 it doesn't hurt is, when John Morant is at the uh Yeah, thank the you, LSU, Ja. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sit out, parade. Ja. Thank you. Sit out, Ja. I, I, I appreciate that. Problem is, they only got two games left. So they've got to win both of theirs, and the Clippers and the Warriors would have to lose both of theirs. It, they got we'll winnable games, so here, though. Go ahead. They have winnable games left. Yeah, well, they've got very winnable. It's going to come down. They got the Knicks on Friday at home. Then they got to go to Minnesota on Sunday, and that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Here's the thing: tougher schedule. And James, I'm coming to you. Um, Pelicans have the Knicks, 
and Minnesota, the Lakers have Phoenix and L.A., and then L.A. at Phoenix. So they play the Suns in their last two games. Tougher schedule is? Oh, it's clearly the Knicks. I mean, I'm sorry, it's clearly the Lakers. I'd rather play the Knicks and the, and the Timberwolves all day long. Okay. Because isn't Kevin Durant back healthy now? Yeah, he's back healthy. So, so you got Durant, you got Booker, you got Chris Paul. Man, look, let me play. Let me play Jalen Brunson and uh, Rudy Gobert. How about yeah. that? I, okay. I think that's the day of the week. James Mesh, uh, you know, you think about it. Uh, Phoenix can't go any. They, they're going to stay in fourth. Yep. Um, but they need Kevin Durant. They need reps with everybody, with Booker and Durant and Paul and Aiton, and uh, so. Don't you think Phoenix is going to put his best foot forward and, and try and beat the Lakers in back-to-back games? Yeah, I think they'd still put in a conservative effort at that point because KD was out so long with his injury. He, he had a very delayed uh, debut for the Suns, so you don't have a lot of experience with those three together on the court. So even though you can't really move anywhere, it's also weird because you don't want to risk another injury to one of your star players, but right. I would anticipate they would want to still get KD, D-Book, and CP3 to all at least have some minutes together in a game. I mean, the Knicks are in the playoffs. They've clinched the five seed. They can't go any higher. They can't go any lower. So do they do, – but their coach, um, Thibodeau, he, he doesn't give anybody rest, does he? I mean, <laughs> are they missing some players, I hope? James? Uh, I, I have to look at the injury report. I haven't seen anything new okay. with the Knicks, but I'm going to check really quick. All right. Um, George, we haven't the, the Pels are supposed to announce an update on Zion Williamson today. I hadn't heard anything. Don't you think if it was good news, they'd have screamed from the mountaintops already? No, I agree, Jordan. If it, if it was good news, they, they would they would have screamed it because if you look at it, Zion coming back, with the Pelicans in the position that where they are, they can legitimately make a push for the Western Conference Finals. I think he gives them that much of a lift. Also, even on a deeper level, it signifies if he can be available that he might be able to be the franchise player, which I don't think he can be long-term. So that's another question they have to answer. But I feel like if he was available, they would have shouted that for that reason to get that yeah. excitement up. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, okay, let's let's switch. How about that run by LSU women and <laughs> that natty? How about that? Yeah, Jordan, it's, it's special, man. And look, as a part of you have a a big part of the tradition because you were one of the the the, the few Final Four trips in school history. Yeah, to say it's such a story basketball school to have. Simone Augustus, you got Shaq, you got Pistol Pete, you got Mike Mood, you got Stu Gunner, you got Dale Brown. For somebody for for a university, men's and women's, to never get past the first Final Four game, yeah, to to get in your first national championship, that's huge. Yeah, and I and going into the Final Four, myself included, I didn't give LSU a shot because I thought that South Carolina was so dominant to where nobody would even touch them. But for them to come out on the right end of that, and then you got the player from Iowa who's so special yeah. and, and made a lot of headlines to take her down and to and to come out victorious is one of the greatest things I've seen in LSU history. And we've seen a lot of great stuff. So hats off to them. Hats off to Kim Mulkey, who's a Louisiana uh, native. 
it, I don't think you could ask for a better story. He's got four national championships, and I and this I said this. No offense to Pat Summit, Gino Ariema, uh, Van Devere at Stanford, but to go from nine wins and then to twenty six and then to thirty whatever it was. Uh, with the transfer portal and this, that, and the other, I, I think it's the most remarkable coaching job yes. ever Absolutely, uh, in women's college basketball by far. James Mesh, I, got, I never asked you this because we never talked a, about it. Okay. You're, you're of a much younger generation than I. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on the Caitlin Clark Angel. I know we talked about it, and Caitlin Clark said, oh, man, that's nothing, no problem. Give me your take, James Mesh, on that whole you can't see me scenario. Uh, I think it was a damn shame that people were overplaying it as much as it yeah. was because we see it all the time in the men's game. I mean, we finally saw we saw a great game by both women, by Iowa and LSU. It was crazy. I didn't think we would see the, the scoreboard be lit up like that. The over-under was 154 and a half, and we had that like two minutes That's into the crazy. fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, they... they they went. They shot the lights out, and it was an amazing game. And the fact that they tried to take it away with what Angel Reese did—I mean, it was that was ridiculous to me. Because I think I've said worse things when I was twelve, talking right. to talking to people <laughs> my age when we were trash talking. And she wasn't even really saying. All she said was, "You can't see me." She gave the little John Cena yeah. act, and then said, "Put a ring on it." Like it's the same thing that Joe Burrow did in the twenty nine in twenty nineteen. So it's like right. I, I don't understand what the what the big fuss was about. People just always got something to complain about anytime something great happens. Let me tell you, I don't know when this became relevant, but George Becknell, do you remember back in the day, 2007, Demetrius Bird was doing that. You can't see me. You remember every time that? he caught a pass. Yes. So every time he caught a pass. When did that all of a sudden become vogue again? I don't get it. It disappeared. Now it's back. I mean, I saw that. I saw that in 2007 after Bird caught the pass where we were screaming against Auburn. Throw, snap the ball. Snap the ball against Auburn. Snap the ball. And and Matt Flynn threw a perfect pass. Bird catches it. He gets up and does the you can't see me thing. I mean, that's 2007. Maybe, maybe, maybe Caitlin Clark was a. Uh was watching some old YouTube clips of some old stuff. Man. It was like, I'm going to bring this back. I don't, I, I don't know, Jordan, but yeah, man. to your point, but I haven't seen that in a long time, man. I didn't either. I, uh, who, I do you want say, who do you want the Saints? What type of player? What position player do you, George Becknell, want the Saints to pick in the first round? Ooh, position. Honestly, man, I, I wanted, you know, I know this is not going to happen because they, they went signed Derek Carr. But I wanted the Saints to draft a quarterback. You know, when you look at the Saints' history, the Saints have not drafted a quarterback in the first round since Archie Mann in 1971. Mm -hmm. So that means since the Superdome has been built, the Saints have not drafted a quarterback in the first round. I'm like, look, they're move not up, draft go, go get they're your guy. They're not. I know they're not, but that's what I wanted them to that's do. That's what you wanted. Okay, but, that's fair. But I think the the group, in my opinion, that needs the most depth. I think you got to go get you a monster to plug up the middle on defense. You got to go get you a monster defensive tackle and allow Cam Jordan to get off that edge, okay. or you go get a tight end to really get involved in the offense. But right. um, that's the only places where they really need some depth. But yeah, I'm almost you know. So you I'm gave me three. Closer. So give me one. De defensive lineman. Defensive let's, lineman. Let's, 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 let's right. stop the run. Let's rush the passer. 
Okay. All right. I got you. Uh, James Mesh. You're asking, your opinion. You're asking who I personally want them to draft? Like what, what, position? what position group? I can't ask players because who knows going to be around, but <laughs> right. is, is there yeah. a certain position group that you want? If I was Mickey, I'm a wide receiver at heart. I'd always love to have more receivers, but if I'm okay. looking at the team as a whole, I want another edge rush because Cam's not getting any younger. You moved on from Davenport. That, there you go. that failed. Peyton Turner, we still don't know what he looks like. Carl, I like go. what Carl Granderson and Tano have been able to do, but you don't want them to be the starter. You want them to be rotational pieces. You want the guy to come to be the next man up, the next MJ, or in this case, the next CJ, Cam Jordan. I've never who's who's been the greatest pass rusher in Saints history. I I, I don't know one. I want Ricky Jackson. And he was a linebacker, right? But he was a but you yeah. Know, he he rushed a lot. I want a pass rusher. I, the quarterback yeah. position is too important. You got to be able to affect that quarterback. And the Saints, Thank Cam you. Jordan ain't getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I want, uh, I want somebody coming off that eggs that everybody's going. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And I want him to move from that side to that side and keep him get affect the quarterback. That's what I want. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, you're, you're a golfer. Who's gonna win the Who's gonna win Augusta this year, Big George? Man, look. Even though he's a couple, well, now nah, he's on. He didn't caught up a little bit. He's one stroke back now. Uh, Bryce Kopka. That's that's who. That's who I'm going with. Brooks Kopka. Excuse Brooks me. Kopka, yeah. I'm going with Brooks Kopka. This, you know this what? Year. He's healthy, and when he's yeah. healthy, he's really dangerous. We hadn't seen him because he's been on the live tour, um, but. But the last thing I got is five under. I don't know. Maybe six under by now. Six under now. Six yeah. under. Burns bogey. So he's at four under. Uh, so you like Brooks Kepka. Okay. That's a good solid, Absolutely. solid pick. James Mesh. For me, I was going with uh, Rory to start off. But looking at how he's been, he's only one. He's one over right now. And Tiger, he had a couple of birdies. And now he's just two over. So I'm my pick so far hasn't gone great. But hopefully he can catch up by the end of the round and catch up over the weekend. It'd be great if, if McElroy could do it. Jordan Spieth is hanging around and he's off yeah. at that course. Yeah. Um, oh, man, he's, he's always knocking on the door. He, he's subject to imploding, but I think John Rahm's got the best game. So I'm going to go with John Rahm to win the thing, but okay. uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what you got planned for the Easter break. Man, Jordan, uh, I got I got a little birthday dinner with the family tomorrow. Whose um, birthday this, is it? This is mine. Uh, Happy birthday tomorrow! And appreciate that, brother. April you know we always three days support. Yeah, April the seventh. I forgot about that. Happy yeah, birthday, yeah. man! That's awesome. Thank you, brother. You so going to I'm some do place? That. You, are they going to do a family home cooked meal for you? Now nah, we will go to Samus, get some ball crawfish, nice, know, and just hang out a little bit. And then I got uh. The hundred black men sneaker ball with uh Manny Fresh on uh, Saturday, so Ooh. I guess that's gonna be the party. All right, what, what kind of sneaks you wearing? Uh, I think I'm gonna pull out some Jordan ones out the closet. Jordan. I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna pull out a pair of Jordan ones, the OG, the original ones. Sneaker man, my sneaker man, that is awesome, man. That good for you. Enjoy it and have fun, Thank you, brother. I, I want to see the pics, man. I want to see from. Head I got to you. I'm gonna I'm send it to you. The right, suit, the, 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 the sneakers. I got you. All right, that's awesome. We used to do uh, when I was with the Hornets. We used to do high. What was it? High top? No, top hats and high tops. Come on. 
top hats and high tops. So you you wore a suit and you wore sneakers, and it was a big fun. I like it. All the players participate. That that used to be used to be fun. James Mesh, what you got planned for Easter, big guy? Uh, for Sunday, just chilling with the family. They're all gonna go over to parents' house and just have a lunch good. together. It's awesome. Very good. Well, guys, thank you. Um, happy Easter to both of you. Uh, thanks. That was a lot of fun as always. It's 51 minutes after the hour. James is going to send me a text in about two seconds. It's time for a timeout. <laughs> so we'll take it right now. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired? You got a boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, here we go. Masters update. Victor Hovland, John Rahm, seven under. Brooks Kepka at six under. Still on the course, one hole to play. Cameron Young is at five. A whole bunch at four. Lowry, Shoffley, Scott, the amateur, Sam Bennett, Sam Burns, and Jordan Spieth are all in the hunt with a lot to go. Um, let's see. Phil Mickelson's one under through 16. Uh, Tiger Woods, Roy McElroy's plus one. Tiger Woods is plus two. Lots of golf still to be played. If today is your birthday, April 6th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Remember when Chris Berman was given all those nicknames out? One of my all-time favorites is celebrating his 72nd birthday today. Bert, be home by 11. Bert, bly 11. Bert be home by 11. That's one of my all-time favorites. 72 years old today. Thanks to Bill Frankes in Columbia, South Carolina. Scott Rabelais at Augusta, Georgia. Larry Holder in New Orleans. George Faust in Lafayette. George Becknell, who knows where. And James Mesh inside the Evco Development Studios. Um, we'll be off tomorrow in celebration of Good Friday. I hope everyone has a blessed holiday, um, holy holiday season. Happy Easter from all of us to all of you. Enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. So until next time, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh is next. Happy Easter, everybody.